Welcome, folks, welcome. Welcome to Word Equals Faith. This is your host, Jose Reynaldo Torres. Folks, I, I, I appreciate you listening and uh, giving your time. And uh, today's message is, is Jesus really God? And folks, now that is the question many have asked for a long time. Even when it's been answered, it was hard to believe by some folks. And uh, others, quite frankly, other folks, even when it's been answered, it was hard to believe by some folks. And others, uh, quite frankly, do not accept the answers. So we're not alone. Uh, this question has been asked, asked for since Jesus walked on earth. Even his own disciples asked him the question. So today, uh, before we go any further, I want to open up in prayer because of the uh, nature of this topic and uh, obviously because of the message. We want to invoke the Holy Spirit so that the Spirit can lead me and also uh, work with you to understanding the material provided and also to work with you so that you can receive and make an intelligent decision going forward. So with that being said, let me open up in prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Oh, Father God, we just thank you today. Uh, we come to you, Father God, just uh, uh, putting our sins on that cross. Putting on our sins on that cross that Jesus substituted us. And when I say us, it's because those that are joined, Father, I want to uh, demonstrate that we, can, we all can be saved by just putting our sins on the cross and receiving the precious blood of Jesus Christ that continuously and wipes away our sin debt for once and for all. So we claim that tonight, the blood of Jesus upon us. And now that the blood of Jesus uh, covers the remission of sin and our sin is fully paid for, we want to invoke the Holy Spirit to come and sanctify this message and to be with us as we read this message and as we answer that question, is Jesus really God? So we thank you so much. In Jesus' holy name, we pray to you, Father God. Amen. So today we will examine some biblical truths and passages that will answer that question. For some, it is confirmation. For some, it is something new. And there are others, quite frankly, that will just reject this answer. So if you're driving, no worries. No worries. Uh, obviously, you know, when you're safe to do so, you can come back and, and listen to this audio. Uh, but no worries. I will be giving you uh, Bible references and reading them to you. So later on, when you're at home or your destination, you can replay this message and follow along in your Bible. So the rest of you, if you're able, uh, if you're able to, I'll give you the references so that you can follow along in your, in your Bible. So without further delays, let's go to the message. Is Jesus really God? So before we answer that question, let's see what the Bible says about Jesus being a sinner. We're going to examine Jesus' sinful nature, if there is such a thing. However, I want to introduce this so that we understand what sin is and if Jesus sinned at all. So let me read it to you 
and I'll be mostly reading from the contemporary English version. And uh, the reason I'm using the uh, contemporary English version, the uh, CEV, is because this is uh, plain modern-day English, right? Uh, versus other translations that use can, can be the uh, King James Version, which uses a lot of languages that today, to be honest with you, uh, it, it can sort of slam on the brakes from going forward and reading and studying your Bible. Uh, and, and and that's the reason because it, it requires even more research, right? But I, I've I've done that for you. I've chosen the CEV so that it, it can take a few layers off your research. And quite frankly, I mean, you're still the opportunity for you to continue to research on your own and, and look at these verses for yourself and examine them. It's always open, right? You, you can always do that. So we're going to start with 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22. And I'll read it to you. It says, Christ did not sin or ever tell a lie. That's interesting, right? Because we were just asking that question, right? Is is did Jesus sin? Did he ever sin? Did he ever commit a sin? And here in First Peter, we read that Christ did not sin or ever tell a lie. So what about uh, another verse? Is there any other verse that can uh, shed some truth on uh, or back up this scripture here? So we, we just read First Peter chapter 2, verse 22. And now I'll read First John chapter 3, verse 5. And it says the following. You know, Christ came to take away our sins. He isn't sinful. Okay, so there you go. We have two different books, different chapters, different testimonies from different witnesses. Uh, and they agree that Jesus has never told a, a lie. Or has sinned. So let's see if we find another verse that can tell us that uh, if Jesus had any uh, committed any other sins. So we'll look at Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 which says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are. Yet without sin. So in this passage, we read that Jesus, though he was tempted, just the same way you and I are, in the same exact temptations that we go through today, Jesus also was tempted. But the difference is that Jesus did not give in to temptation, and he did not sin. So again, we heard from Peter, we heard from John, and in Hebrews, it may have been uh, Paul. We are not really sure, but it appears to be an anonymous source in uh, Hebrews. But anyway, three different uh, sources stating the same facts that Jesus knew no sin, never told a lie. And that's important, very important in, in this whole testimony here. And in the validity of what Jesus is going to say later on. Uh, but before we move forward, let's, say, let's look at two more resources. 
So let's look at, at, at two more sources. Uh, believe it or not, the robber, which was crucified with Jesus, shared a testimony. First, first, he was acknowledging his crimes. He took ownership of his crimes. Then he testified and testifying that Jesus was innocent. Again, we this robber has nothing to prove. He's already convicted of his sin and he's already on his way to death by crucifixion. He is there with Jesus on the cross and he has nothing to gain for what he's going to say. But here it is. And then, and then after, after uh, we finish with him, we'll, we'll see what Jesus has to say concerning himself and concerning sin. So first, let's look at what the robber says in Luke chapter 23, verse 41. We got what was coming to us, but he didn't do anything wrong. Now, why would the robber say this about Jesus? Because it was the truth. It was the truth. Because it was the truth. He was testifying and, again, taking ownership of his crimes and sins. But yet, with nothing to lose, testified that Jesus was innocent. So now let's see what Jesus said in the following scripture. John chapter 8, verse 46. Can any of you accuse me of sin? If you cannot, why won't you have faith in me? After all, I'm telling you the truth. So here we go. And here we have it. Multiple uh, resources, including Jesus himself, confirming that Jesus did not commit sin. So, brothers and sisters, why is proving that Jesus did not sin so important? Hang tight. Hang tight. It's going to make sense in a few uh, minutes. So now, uh, the religious people in Jesus' time did not believe that Jesus was the promised Messiah. They did not believe Jesus was the Son of God and definitely didn't believe he was God. Now, the religious people were the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. These were members of the Sanhedrin, which is, you know, if you want to translate that and uh, give an example, this was uh, the equivalent of today's Supreme Court. They, they tried, there was so much corruption with those, these folks and in, in in that court system that they try to fabricate false accusations and even put together false witnesses to testify against Christ. The thing is, these false witnesses, they, they couldn't agree on what to say. They couldn't agree. They couldn't fabricate the lies or, or, or come together to even agree on what lies they were going to say about Jesus. But Jesus helped them out by stating something that was so controversial and, and unheard of at that time. And let me, let me read it to you. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 62 through 65. 
The high priest stood up and asked Jesus, Why don't you say something in your defense? Don't you hear the charges they are making against you? But Jesus did not answer. So the high priest, with the living God looking on, you must tell the truth. Are you the Messiah, the Son of God? That is what you say, Jesus answered. But I tell all of you, soon you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right side of God, all-powerful and coming on the clouds of heaven. The high priest then tore his robe and said, This man claims to be God. We don't need any more witnesses. You have heard what he said. What do you think? They answered, He is guilty and deserves to die. So brothers and sisters in Christ, the Sanhedrin finally got what they were looking for, a way to convict Jesus. Those folks were so blinded by their obsession in convicting Jesus that they missed a very important answer. They missed what Jesus gave them. The answer that Jesus gave them. This is the first time Jesus is found guilty of sin. So we have read earlier verses that said Jesus didn't sin. So in reality, this is not a sin. It's not really a sin. It is a confession. Jesus is confessing something very important. We've read the previous chapters that Jesus never sinned, never lied. He was telling the truth of who he is. The promised Messiah, the Son of God, God in the flesh. After all, this is what got Jesus convicted, as we read in uh, verse 66. This is what got him convicted. The, the Sanhedrin, the court system, the judges, witnesses themselves heard Jesus confess. But again, that wasn't the first time Jesus confessed his divinity. He, he spoke it through the prophet Isaiah. And, I, and I'll read that to you real quick. It's uh, found in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 21, the angel Gabriel confirms the prophecy given to Isaiah. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And this, brothers and sisters, was fulfilled in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, 
verse 22 through 23. I'll read that to you. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Well, brothers and sisters, this message has been both enlightening and confirming with respect to Jesus' divinity. Remember, I, and, I, and I want to share this point with you because we all remember what Doubting Thomas said about the risen Christ. And, it, and if we don't, I'll refresh your, your memory. It is found in uh, the book of John, chapter 20, verse 25. And I'll read that to you. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But Thomas said, first, I must see the nail scars in his hands and touch them with my finger. I must put my hand where the spear went into his side. I won't believe unless I do this. Now, I gave you that, that verse because what he said next will answer the question that we've opened up with. A lot of folks, you know, that have quoted Thomas as doubting Thomas uh, sort of cling on to that statement, but it's not, it's not that which... For me, it, it is a powerful statement that he makes next. And I'm going to read that to you. In John chapter 20, verse 26 to 29, this is what happens. And this is the, the, the quote that we should really hang, hang on to. And this is what Thomas is stating. And I'll read to you the different contrast, right? As, as it's going to make sense in John chapter 20, verse 26 of 29. A week later, the disciples were gathered together again. This time, Thomas was with them. And Jesus came in while the doors were still locked and stood in the middle of the group. He greeted his disciples and said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and have faith. And Thomas replied, You are my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, do you have faith because you have seen me? The people who have faith in me without seeing me are the ones who are really blessed. So folks, we just read what Thomas called Jesus. And Jesus never corrected him. He never corrected him. He never said, hold on a second, Thomas. You can't refer to me as God. You can't. You should not do that. Because if it would have been a lie, it would have been blasphemy. And it was up to Jesus to make that correction. But Thomas, again, made such a 
Such a powerful statement there. Such a powerful statement. And then we hear what Jesus replied. He also added that we that believe in him without seeing him are the ones that are truly blessed. So brothers and sisters, I want to share this with you so that this will help you in your journey to having that personal and close relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. We heard that statement that you they will call him Emmanuel. Not that they will name him Emmanuel, but that they will call him Emmanuel. And we read what Emmanuel means. Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is the one that was born from the virgin. He is God in the flesh. So brothers and sisters, uh, you know, we... We're going to end up with a prayer right now as, uh, you know, we conclude this message today. And, and we, uh, we hope that this message was, was enlightening and has touched you the same way it touched me when I first read about it and how the Holy Spirit had highlighted some of these verses to me and put these verses for me to share with you as I learned it myself. Uh, there was a time where I, I thought that Jesus was just a prophet or he was just the son of God. But after reading, and I, obviously after getting the revelation from the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit walk me through these passages and, and revealing to me that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one, and that is Jesus. We know that person is Jesus Christ, Jesus the Messiah. Well, folks, I hope this message enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed this message and that it was useful to you. And we'll end with a prayer here. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Father God, we praise you and give you glory this day. And Father, we are bringing all these, your children together that are hearing this message today, that it will be touched by this message and that you would uh, reveal yourself to them in, a, in your own special way, whether it be supernaturally or whether it be through scripture or whether it be through their own conscience, Father God, a confirmation, however you want to, uh, uh, for those that are going to be coming to you for the first time, Father, we pray that you would just be merciful and that you would receive them with open arms. And for those that are coming back to you or that uh, are now not ready, but are starting to move towards you, Father, that we pray that you would answer their prayers, answer their yearnings, answer their their uh, wants to have a special relationship with you, that you would forgive their sins, cover them with the precious blood of Jesus, so that their then, uh, sin debt is completely paid in full, and that now, through the downpouring of your Holy Spirit, they will become new creatures in your body and renewed in their minds and spirit to commence the expansion of your kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So for your glory, Father God, we offer these children unto you, all these that are listening and those that are going to listen, that you would just bring them, hold them in your hands, and let no one take them from your hands. Let no one pry them out of your hands. And we ask this through the power and decree it in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let the Holy Spirit of Jesus guide you. Well, folks, I hope you receive some value. Uh,
until the next time, until the next one, stay blessed.